You are now in the Reality Capture Network. Welcome to the Reality Capture Network. We are excited to have another awesome person with us today, Mr. Daniel Jenkins. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we love to start these by uh, introducing you and, and hearing a bit about your background. Where, where'd you grow up um, mm -hmm. and, and kind of the journey that took you into the role you're in? Sure. Yeah. So uh, for the most of my life, most of my uh, existence on this great planet, I, I grew up in Florida. Uh, I wasn't born in Florida, but we moved there when I was a young, young kid. Okay. Uh, mostly Jacksonville, Florida, and then after college, I moved to Orlando, uh, literally after graduating college. Um, I am a licensed architect in multiple states, and um, I have a Master of Architecture degree from the Savannah College of Art and Design. And then later in my career, I went back and did an independent study uh, at Stanford University uh, within their School of Engineering uh, for virtual design and construction. Okay, awesome. Which, uh, to some might be no, better known as integrated project delivery. So. Mm -hmm. Um, and then architecture is something um, I've always been interested in how things are put together uh, as a kid. You know, I was the kid that played, that made the, the sandcastle, but never really played with it. Yeah. So I think my parents kind of knew I was going to either get into engineering or architecture. Um, architecture drew me just because it was all about putting things together. It was about working with other people, solving big problems, et cetera. Um, Early in my career, for about the first 12, 12 and a half years, I did um, worked on large uh, commercial projects, so healthcare, uh, institutional projects, uh, some government, um, a little bit of military, judicial work. Mm -hmm. um, and then about 12 and a half years into my career, I had the great fortune of uh, landing a role at Walt Disney Imagineering as an Imagineer in Florida. And that's something I'd always wanted to be, you know, growing up in Florida, you know, Disney yeah. World was my background. and you know, uh, had gone to Disney as a kid and all throughout my, my childhood. So it was something I really uh, was very fortunate to uh, land a role at. Um, at Disney, I was a senior project design manager. Um, so essentially, senior project design managers within Walt Disney Imagineering, they manage all the architects, engineers, and at Disney, the graphic designers and theme lighting designers on projects. Uh, could be multiple projects, uh, anything from small projects up to lands or even whole theme parks depending yeah. on size awesome um, so when i was at disney i worked on all sorts of different types of projects retail uh attractions um you know all sorts of everything yep. you can imagine um and then about um a little over three years ago I, I left imagineering and went out on my own i started my own uh consulting firm um mostly more on the design management side of things mm -hmm. but i also get into uh, giving back all this subject matter expertise that I've learned over the years and management style that I learned at Disney. Um, so now we're, you know, and consult with multiple clients, multiple, um, you know, large scale commercial clients. Some mm -hmm. of them are themed entertainment clients. Um, some of them might just be commercial clients on large scale projects. That's awesome. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the time at Disney was a lot of fun. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. imagine getting to work somewhere, uh, you know, that they love. And so yeah. many people love mm -hmm. the story behind Disney and of course mm -hmm. the theme parks. And so getting to be involved with those had to be, uh, quite the adventure. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. So, uh, and then starting on your own and, mm -hmm. uh, looking at, um, design processes. Uh, you've also wrote a book. I did. Yeah. So um, I actually started it several years ago when I was working at Disney, but of course I had no free time at mm -hmm. Disney. So, um, so I, I really kind of finished it. Um, 
fairly recently, and it, it's essentially a culmination of my 20 plus years uh, working in the architecture and engineering industry and managing teams and managing processes, uh, trying to refine those processes, mm-hmm. um, trying to refine the design and the process as, you know, as the train's going down the track. Yeah. Uh, so it's a culmination of all that. It's, it's, it's an open, transparent uh, documentation of what worked, what doesn't work. Um, in some instances where we failed and we had to retool the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's all that. And it touches on all different points, um, kind of soup to nuts uh, from inception through project closeout on a kind of a quintessential uh, large scale commercial project. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of the design management practices, it is the books tailored towards the any industry, but there are practices obviously that I you know, learned at Disney and while working at Disney, they can translate into other industries as well. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's awesome. Well, we'll make sure to include a link so uh, people interested cool. in checking that out can find it from you. Thank you. Um, so like we've talked with you about, and thanks for joining us on mm-hmm. on the podcast and in our network, we have seen the adoption of new technologies in the AEC mm-hmm. industry and even mm-hmm. beyond getting taken into entertainment and movies and forensics mm-hmm. and So our goal with this platform is to really have open conversations with people from different industries about Mm -hmm. how they've seen new technologies brought into the design world, into their processes, Mm -hmm. Um, whether they they have used them, they haven't used them, they see interest, some Mm -hmm. of the challenges. So uh, we're excited to kind of just jump in and explore some of that with you. Sure. Um, so maybe we could start with, uh, just some, yeah, some of your thoughts, obviously Mm -hmm. we, we don't know the, uh, the level of which you've used these technologies. So maybe we can jump in with your initial thoughts, um, within your past roles in design, Mm -hmm. maybe when was the first time you had heard about or seen, you know, some of laser scanning or point Mm -hmm. clouds, um, coming into your practice? Yeah, so I think uh, personally, from my experience, it, it really started in probably late 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, prior to that, I had heard about you know 3D scanning, uh, incorporating that into a BIM. You know, uh, a lot of you know infield uh, validation and verification of the BIM during construction, et cetera. Um, but in regards to my career, it really started I'd say late 2012 on several projects at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, you know, I was, was tasked to, uh, onboard some vendors, some scanning vendors for several projects that I worked on and managed. Um, and this was, you know, again, it was 2012 and of course this is, you know, seven, eight years ago at yeah. this point. So, you know, back then it was like, oh wow, it's black and white and you can kind of see what's going on you yep. know, in the model and the output. And nowadays it's almost photorealistic. It seems, you know, it's amazing how much it's advanced in yeah. just seven, eight years. Yeah. And I, I think uh, something that came to my mind just now thinking about that is, you know, every time someone finds a new technology, they mm-hmm. always they always also still have a way to complain about it, right? So mm-hmm. like, like back then when scanning was just starting to, you know, become more and more used, even, mm-hmm. the, even the grainy black and white point yeah. cloud was still amazing. Um, yeah, well, yeah. 
you know, and, and people, but people are still, you know, people are still like, man, it does, it's hard to see what we're looking at. And mm -hmm. even with as beautiful as it is today, there's still challenges. And it's like, man, but we just want to be able to hit a button and say, here's our model. And right. the, the one thing it makes me uh, <laughs> think about is Wi-Fi on airplanes. That's, right. that's one of those where it's like you're you're in you're flying through the sky right. in a thousand you know thousands of pounds of metal and you're complaining that the Wi-Fi is slow like <laughs> you still have Wi-Fi and still yeah, have wi <laughs> uh, that's that's one of those things yeah. that I think about when uh, we're talking about new technology anyways mm -hmm. um, so yeah back back seven or eight years ago even even in the in the last few years things have changed mm -hmm. so drastically. Um, from the quality of data coming out of it, from the different options out there as far as hardware options, mm -hmm. handheld, backpacks, mobile, right. you know, some of them are faster, some of them are, cl are cleaner. Mm -hmm. um, people are really putting quite a push to it. Um, was when you were getting into those projects, uh, was that the first time that uh, scanning had really been brought in to use for those, those types of efforts down there? I believe it was. I be you know it had been done uh, in you know some smaller scale, but some of the projects I was working on and and all the projects I worked on at Disney were in the berm, as we say, they were mm -hmm. within theme parks. Yeah. Um, so working within the berm brings on a whole new set of challenges. Yeah. Um, but for me, I know they had done it at a small scale, um, but not at the scale that we were doing it on some of the projects in the Magic Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Uh, you know we were. Uh, you know, scanning major portions, you know, say one sixth or one portion, one large portion of, of a theme park Yeah. Um, for the scale of projects that we were doing. And the other interesting factor was there is we had to do it all third shift. So it was yep. all done at night. So when we got the scans back, again, this is kind of like the black and white scan days. We got the scans back. It looked like a black and white picture taken at night mm -hmm. on a kind of Instamatic camera. Even still, though, it was amazing technology. Mm -hmm. Um but you know that that's just one of the hurdles that you have working in you know operating yeah. operating theme parks. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What were um what were some of the reasons uh, mm -hmm. that you you guys were exploring mm -hmm. doing the scanning? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was due to the level of um, involvement of the projects. Um, obviously, there's a there's a large uh, archive of existing documents and drawings and et cetera. Um, however, as you can imagine, for for a project, any building that's 40 plus years old, mm -hmm. you know, there might be 15 iterations of one sheet of drawings. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, which one is correct? Yeah. Um, if any of and, them. If any of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out of a set of a thousand drawings, you, know, yeah. you might have four or five, ten different iterations of each sheet. Yeah. Um, so really it was, we wanted a good base point to start the project from. And because of the level of involvement of the project, uh, because of the existing assets that it was touching, um, in both cases, we needed that level of documentation. And in and many of these projects that I'm speaking of, we not only scanned everything above surface, but we were very uh, detailed in doing GPR scanning below surface to validate existing uh, utility runs yep. and sizes. And, and you know, in most cases, the as-built drawings were pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, but in many cases there were these, you know, these wily, you know, utilities that no one knew about. And, yeah. um, and, and many, on both these projects I'm speaking of, um, I spent probably a year trying to find every piece of existing documentation I could find. I literally reached out to the old timers and said, Hey, what's on your computer? Can you send it yeah. to me? 
because we went, we did a whole comparison of existing as-built drawings, and then we layered that in with all the scanning that we did, um, and and we did a comparison, and then of course we ended up using more of the scan probably yeah. than we thought we were going to do. Yeah. Um, so that you know that's just some of the early uh, you know, ways that we use yeah. scanning and GPR as well, just to validate what was truly there. Are those corners of the buildings really where they say they are? Mm -hmm. Obviously, we did traditional survey, yeah. we coupled that with the 3D scan, and then merged that with the GPR scan, and we had a, a fairly good holistic view of what yeah. was going yeah. on within the limits of work of our project. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, out of curiosity, because we see the answer really different from different mm -hmm. industries, um, was it would you do scans based on a, an individual project or did you guys end up getting to the point that you tried to build out uh, an as-built of an entire area or mm -hmm. if not the whole park and try to keep like a living as-built document that you knew you could get in and use on whatever you needed when you needed it? Yeah, it, it really depended on the, the, the project itself um, and, and quite honestly, the budget of the project. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, to be somewhat transparent, uh, you know, we were scanning in some instances acres of yeah. space of existing assets. Mm -hmm. um, and then in one instance, uh, there was a project where it was a build out of an existing facility. Um, and we essentially gutted the inside of this existing building. And we did a, you know, a, a scan of the interior as best as we could. And that brought on a whole set of other challenges, which we can get into. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, again, it was, we knew in certain instances that uh, the limits of our work were tight. Um, we had to, you know, really rein in how much we impacted because, as you probably know, once you start impacting and digging up existing utilities that are 40 years old, if you touch it, you own it. Mm -hmm. And if it's without out of the limits of work, then you know you had to go justify that to your leadership of well, why did you damage that. Yeah, you know, twenty-four inch chilled water line that you just hit. And why didn't you know it was there? Yeah, so it, it was a lot of that. It was in some ways a lot of risk mitigation. Yeah, in some instances it was just purely the existing as-builts of that portion of the park was almost day one drawings. It really mm -hmm. hadn't been touched that much at the scale that we were working at. So we needed that validation of scanning. Yeah, and that's that's I think one of the beauties of laser scanning is that. Mm -hmm every industry we talk with or work with, whether it's a, a chemical plant, an oil facility, a nuclear architecture, theme parks, like a, a lot of people think, oh man, those big companies, they, I'm sure that like they've already got this under control. They've, yeah. they've kept things organized and accurate as you go. And it's like, no, I think this is just, this is kind of an area that's been uh, mm -hmm. dropped honestly. And then you don't right. really think about it until then you get into a project where you're like, okay, well, we do need to know what's there. Where's the old drawings? I don't right. know. They're not accurate. Someone didn't yeah. update them. It's a, it's a process that even in the design side, you know, um, you know, we've heard from people that don't even understand how <laughs> inaccurate some as-built drawings right. are because during construction something got shifted somebody didn't remeasure to make sure that it right. actually got put where it was so mm -hmm. a lot of as-built drawings are really just close but right. you know if you if you're looking at nowadays people are prefabricating steel for buildings mm -hmm. and for rides and things like that that mm -hmm. they have to be so much more accurate than what most as-built's right. give you um mm -hmm. 
the implementation of new technology is really changing the game in a lot of ways from the accuracy of the drawing you start with to even if it is risk mitigation. Um, right. There's so many benefits you get out of it. Mm -hmm. um, what about, um, you know, within the scanning and the point cloud mm -hmm. side of things, what mm -hmm. are some challenges that you see mm -hmm. uh, in the implementation of that within a project? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that our teams and even myself struggled with was, uh, and again, kind of going back to when we first started doing it, um, was how much do we, how much information do we need to pull out? Do we just need to pull out the existing corners and the existing top of parapets or whatever it might be, or the limits of work? Or do we need uh, very detailed top of curb, top of paving, top of parapet, top of stairs, you know, so it was how much information do we really need to pull out mm -hmm. of the cloud? Um, and I think some of the things we didn't really understand early on back when, you know, we first started doing it. Um, and this was at the same time that really, you know, some, a lot of the theme parks were transitioning from 2D AutoCAD into BIM, using mm -hmm. BIM and using, uh, you know, Revit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do we, how do we deal with all that? Um, so it was really how much do we want to pull out? How much do we want to pay for as the owners? You know, mm -hmm. at the time I had to justify why we were spending that much money on 3D scanning acres of, of existing assets. Um, and, and then once you receive that information, it's a, a lot of data yeah. that at the time, the hardware, like you were saying earlier, our computers could hardly even you know, open the files. Yeah. You know? so that was like, okay, well, we need to upgrade our hardware, at least on a few workstations to even manage you know this data that we've received mm -hmm. um, and in, you know in some instances we had to really go back to our vendor and say hey can you you know can you generate this information on top of what we've already received because we didn't know what we didn't know at the time yeah and i think that those are still very relevant challenges um mm -hmm. because you know, even even though it was several years ago for some of the projects and some of the things you're talking about, we, we still see firms that right now are learning about scanning for the very first time. Oh, wow. And so they're starting all these challenges mm -hmm. uh, from the beginning. Like, right. what what can we do with the data? Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, the data is huge. Like right. our computers don't even have enough space to hold the file and mm -hmm. we're using laptops and right. how, how yeah. do you transfer the data? And, right. yeah. you know, we, we see all of those challenges still being relevant. So it's, it's nice mm -hmm. to hear. Um, uh, did you guys, did you ever utilize drones or aerial uh, to capture mm -hmm. other, whether LIDAR or photogrammetry mm -hmm. um, in that process? You know, early on, uh, when we started uh, on some of my projects, really getting into scanning, I was pushing my leadership and my department VP. You know, it's like, okay, here are the benefits. Here are the 15 benefits that I can see of the department buying a drone. Um, and, you know, at the time, uh, you know, when you're buying a drone and you're flying it over a, a hot spot that has the you know air restrictions of some military bases mm -hmm. that approval process is takes quite a while internally yeah. so to put that lightly yep um we ended not ended up not getting one for our department um another project at the time bought one and they i think they got to fly it all of about a day and a half before it was shut down yeah <laughs> so that was something i was really pushing to get um for a whole host of reasons as you can imagine you know these facilities and these sculptures that we really create within theme parks 
you know, access issues to certain things, like such as, you know, I was just saying, hey, let's use it to get up on these odd shaped and odd located roofs to see, to do a visual um, survey, a condition mm -hmm. survey. Do we need to change that roof as part of this project or can we keep it? Yeah. Uh, yes, we have the documentation from the uh, preventative maintenance group. However, it's great to get eyes on it and not have to get a lift and not yep. have to So a drone could really you know, get involved with that. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do it. You know, yeah. it was hard for it to get a commercial grade drone. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I know now, um, you know, as part of Disney, when they're doing Shanghai Disneyland, they utilize drones yep. uh, a fair amount. Okay. Um, I'm not yeah. specific on how much they use. Yeah. But it's, it's a touchy issue because you want to use that technology. You want to harvest that data and that information as designers and as architects and engineers and as an owner. Mm -hmm. um, but it gets into your flying over some sensitive, sensitive yeah things. yeah did you um and i know some even more recently than in the past uh mm -hmm. there's different softwares and just regular panoramic cameras available mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. have you ever looked at uh utilizing just panoramic uh imagery for you know virtual mm -hmm. tours or for letting teams visualize a space without walking to it we did, yeah. Uh, we did utilize that, uh, you know, kind of later and even more recently on some projects I've been consulting on. Yep. Uh, you, you know, using the 3D cameras that you can, you know, uh, that you can edit and show the view that you want to show. Uh, and it gives that virtual walkthrough. And, you know, as you can imagine, a lot of these teams, like many large projects, you're working with teams that are on two different coasts, mm -hmm. multiple time zones. In some cases, we had internal team members that were in Shanghai and we were in Florida and the base of the team was back in California. So, being able to use that, you know, that 3D technology of, of walkthrough to look at visual intrusions or whatever it might be uh, was a great tool. And that's, yeah. you know, that's off the shelf consumer technology that doesn't cost a lot of money at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very uh, nice, easy entryway mm -hmm. um, to get the visual aspect into multiple hands. Um, mm -hmm. Did you, and I know a lot again has changed even in the last few or several years as far as the scanner quality and the colorization and density right. um have you used scanners more recently that have kind of the higher quality or colorized mm -hmm. images with it we have yes and it's you know even i'm blown away at, at the it's almost a uh it, it looks like a pixelated picture at this yeah. point that i'm gonna go out and shoot just for fun yep uh, it's amazing how much further it's come and how you know the detail and you know just the product that you get on the back end is is i think a lot cleaner it seems it's mm -hmm. uh you know it works better with the, you know the architects and the engineers you know hardware and and, and programs it's just amazing how much it's been advanced in the last yeah few years. yeah it really is um did you guys ever get into implementing virtual reality during, like through whether it's design or visual of spaces or um mm -hmm. did that ever get integrated we did, um, you know, Disney has uh, both on both coasts here in the U.S. within their offices, they have um, the rooms that you can virtually walk through models. Yep. Um, and really, the, a lot of that technology is based on uh, incorporating the BIM or, you know, 3D Max models or SketchUp models, et cetera. And it really gives, you know, uh, the folks that don't do this every day, that don't visualize in 3D every day, um, the ability to walk through the project uh, and in some instances get a lot of uh, creative or executive approval of, you know, and, and even in other instances, the, the end user, the operator 
Um, we use that uh, that tool a lot to look at access issues to mm -hmm. certain pieces of equipment that might be in an odd location. You know, we could show them in 3D uh, in virtual reality, and we use a lot of um, not so much the goggles, but the you know the the glasses with yep. the I don't even you know the specific terminology, sure. but uh, where it's projected in a room. Yeah, uh, and they can essentially stand still and walk through the room. Yeah. Um, so we harvested that information and that technology uh, quite a bit for awesome. multiple reasons. Yeah. Awesome. Are there any other technologies kind of within this realm that you that maybe we haven't touched on that you uh, find interest in or have utilized? Um, you know, I know uh, you know virtuality is is something that's talked about a lot in the theme park industry. Um, and my experience and then, you know, speaking with a lot of folks that are a lot smarter than me about that technology, um, I think that technology at scale, uh, to be put in, in a theme park, I don't think it's quite there yet. Yeah. Um, I, I think AR is, is a better technology. That's probably a little bit more advanced. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of work that's being done on that, mm -hmm. uh, on VR, but I think, you know, to to harvest and to create a VR experience that runs 18 hours a day, almost 365 days a year at scale, yeah. pushing 2000 plus guests through it every day. You know that I don't think it's quite there yet. Yeah. It, it'll get there. Yeah. But, but augmented reality, I think we'll see augmented reality come into play even sooner. Yeah. Than virtual reality. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, what about, uh, maybe we could even touch on not even just technology specifically, but um, some, uh, maybe some thoughts on you from your time kind of managing teams. Um, mm -hmm. Are there some other tools or processes that you've seen kind of mm -hmm. help with uh, pulling this together? You know, uh, mm -hmm. design, using different teams, different teams across countries. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just some more thought from you there. Yeah, you know, I'd say first off, communication, good communication is always key. Yeah. Uh, you know, never fail. You know, well, the first thing I heard when I went to Disney was ne never fail to confirm the obvious. And then I always added on top of that, we'll confirm what their obvious is versus what your obvious is. Mm -hmm. um, so I think good communication, um, you know, having a, a system or a network of um, identifying issues as you go along, uh, whether it's, you know, um, you know, some sort of online technology or a process that identifies the issues as you go, that documents those issues. Uh, I used to say that selective amnesia came in pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you know, well, I don't remember doing that a month ago. Well, we had this documentation that shows that we did that. Um, so, you know, being able to use technology and software and programs that are helpful to teams is important. I think one of the things we ran into in, in some projects was that we incorporated too many pieces of software, too many pieces of organizational um, software, and, and those software became the project instead of the project being the project. Yeah. And, you know, we learned from our mistakes, and it's like, okay, let's rein it back in. Let's just use these two or three, you know, pieces of software um, working with designers and the, the, the trade partners, the construction team as well. Uh, you know, I, I can think of one project where we just, we went off the rails and we had like five different pieces of software, almost doing the same thing in terms yeah. of collaboration and, and, uh, change management documentation. And, yep. you know, we all just had to take a step back and be like, okay. This yeah. Is, this is so much. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a similar, um, problem with 
honestly implementing anything implementing mm-hmm. implementing the new technology um you can get you can get too many things going at once right. where you you start spreading too thin or mm-hmm. you know if you think about that process specifically with the technology um mm-hmm. you know someone learns about laser scanning but they don't know right. the different options available they right. don't know who to utilize they don't know what that person knows you know you just mm-hmm. start in on a process um mm-hmm it can become more of a mess because then you find out, oh, the data is too big. We can't right. use the point cloud directly. How long is it gonna to take to create a model out of? Um, mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. feel Do you feel like when you got in using some of the newer technologies and the scanning that there was mm-hmm. enough um, training or educational material or did you find that to be like, you kind of had to hands-on just go through the difficulties yourselves? I think early on, I would say, you know, 2012, 2013-ish, it was a, you know, tread lightly uh, with all parties involved. Mm-hmm. More recently in the past few years, uh, you know, a lot of the the higher end vendors and uh, implementation teams and, and contractors, they're, they're, most of them are using this type of technology in some form or fashion, yep. whether it's just validation during construction or whether it's integration of a design BIM, taking that, interpolating that into a construction BIM. Um, so I'd say most of the folks now that I've had the fortune of working yep. with have been using this technology for at least a few years. Yeah. Um, you know, early on it was, uh, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know. Yeah. Um, but you know, the good thing was that we worked with a lot of good, uh, design vendors and construction folks that were eager to utilize this. Cause I think they yeah. saw this is the future. This is where it's headed. Yeah. Uh, and we can use this for multiple reasons, not just, you know, not just to figure out what's out in the field right now. We can use this later in construction for yeah. validation. Are we meeting our targets, you know, each week in terms of milestones, in terms mm-hmm. of construction, et cetera? And there's a lot of information that can be pulled and utilized from scanning. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all that uh, kind of talking about some of your history and background. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can shift a little bit to what you have going on now. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your new focus? Yeah, so my new focus now is really not so much uh, the day in day out, uh, you know, drawing the details that so much. It's more about you know giving back the subject matter expertise that I've mm-hmm. had uh, working at Disney and then after Disney working with all sorts of folks. Uh, it, it's really about you know giving back my successes and my failures. To be perfectly mm-hmm. honest, you know. You know, sometimes uh, not knowing what to do, uh, you know, or telling someone, hey, you probably don't really want to do that yeah. at this point in the project, or you should be doing this, and why aren't you doing this yep. at this point in the project? Uh, it's a lot of that. It's also a lot of uh, quality control in terms mm-hmm. of design. Um, and in some cases, it's a lot of mentoring. Uh, I get, I, you know, I get a lot of young folks reaching out to me that are, either in architecture school, want to become architects or engineers as well, um, or want to get into the theme park design. And Mm -hmm. they look and they're reaching out to me. They're saying, hey, I saw the documentary. I've I've seen all the books and what's it really like? And uh, I'm like, okay, here's what it's really like. (laughs) Get the behind Uh, the scenes. Behind the scenes, (laughs) yeah. So it's it's a lot of that. It's it's really, I've been trying to just give back what I've learned. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know everything, but I know quite a bit about a few things. So yeah. it's about giving that back and helping teams um, hopefully uh, not have to deal with some of the challenges that I had to. Yeah. And if they do, here's how you can probably get out of that challenge. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Um, do you still find yourself running into uh, either utilizing or talking about kind of, you know some of the technologies or implementing those within your clients? Yeah, it definitely. You know, a lot of them, it, it's always the same conversation. It's, you know, it's how much do we need to use and when? Yeah. Um, and, you know, my opinion is based on some of my efforts at, at Disney and even after Disney, um, it's in some instances, uh, you want to use the right technology at the right time. Yep. Uh, and in some instances, you know, the boat is left. It's too late you know, you're going to spend, you know, five, six weeks out in the field scanning something, another whatever X weeks of having every, all the data pulled out of the cloud. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, three months from now, you're going to get that point cloud that you wanted. And at that point it's too late, you know, you're too far down the road in terms of design. So what can we do to get around that? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of our recent episodes, we, we really delved in and talked about the different tools available because Mm -hmm. even within something like laser scanning, there Mm -hmm. are so many options at this point that even in a scenario where it's like, man, we're, we're behind schedule. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, is there still a way that you could capture some, you know, Mm -hmm. information? Could you use a mobile unit or a handheld unit that Mm -hmm. maybe it's not the quality you wanted, but you still get some information Mm -hmm. out of, or, Um, you know, or trying to educate people on the fact that some of those are lower accuracy and is mm-hmm. it going to meet the need that you need? Um, or do you have mm-hmm. to integrate survey control and terrestrial data? Um, right. so it's, mm-hmm. it's nice to try to educate people on the different options, which is one of our goals. Um, we're hoping to continue to push that so that even, even in your scenario where, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at different options, different clients with different challenges, you know, mm-hmm what are all the options available when it comes to the technologies? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, things are changing on an annual basis. People right. have found the the use for these technologies and now you've got new software coming out that can mm-hmm. do different things with the data that couldn't be done last year. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's really cool to continue to see uh, that push forward. Um, now I got to ask a, a futuristic question. Sure. If you could kind of think about the design design world and these Mm -hmm. newer technologies if you could look into the future maybe 20 years Mm -hmm. that something that would help your job help the Mm -hmm. design world what Mm -hmm. what would it be would it something to do with either robots or ai or Mm that you know improvisation of one of these technologies that already exist what's something you could Mm -hmm. see in the future I think you know being being able to iterate a design, uh, maybe not to full completion because that's sometimes detrimental, but being able to provide multiple iterations of a design uh, very quickly, yeah, uh, and having that uh, that iteration of the design being pretty healthy and advanced enough that the folks that don't do this every day, you know, the operators or the owners, etc., they can see where you're headed sooner within the design process which is Uh, probably getting into the ai generative design process where Mm -hmm. you know it's helping kind of come up with iterations for you Mm -hmm. right exactly and being able to you know resolve the design issues you know the hundred thousand plus design issues you have with these large-scale projects um quicker and faster and then on the back end of that being able to give that information to an, a project estimator or the contractor and being able for them to harvest a, an estimate quicker mm-hmm. than maybe we were doing today, you know, and being able to say, okay, here, 
here's your chicken, beef, and sausage. Your chicken costs X. Your beef is going to cost this, and your sausage is going to cost this, Mister Owner. Which which option would you like us to go down? You know, in some instances, I can take a month, month and a half now. Yeah. And on the scale of a project, if you know, if we could do that, that whole process, yeah, from start to finish, that whole evaluation, uh, you know, within two days, you know, that would be amazing. You yeah. Know, the, the lag and the latency that would be hopefully eliminated on a project and, and the, you know, the cost of design and, and mm-hmm. evaluation and uh, value engineering that often takes place. Uh, if we could do that a lot faster, man, that would, yeah. be, that would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good, uh, a good area for improvement mm-hmm. because yeah, especially in the big projects, you mm-hmm. spend so much time and, and money before you even ever find out if you're going to end up doing the project, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, just exactly. getting to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Um, are there any other topics? Uh, I think for the most part, we've touched on a lot of the technologies mm-hmm. I wanted to just explore. Um, anything else you'd like to chat over? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think the question to you is where do you think it's headed? Where do you think in the next five years, um, it's all headed? Where do you see coming down the pike that, you know, maybe the rest of us haven't quite seen yet? Yeah. Technology um, and- yeah. You know, I, uh, I've been asked a few times recently, like, is there something new yeah. that I'm excited about? And my my honest current answer is that um, I'm just excited to see more adoption of even mm-hmm. what's already in existence. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, places like, especially, you know, your background, getting in a, like a firm like Disney or, you know, some of the other big firms sure. have mm-hmm. adopted this pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have seen so many of the mid-sized firms and mm-hmm. small businesses that honestly don't use it at all yet. Um, mm-hmm. So our biggest interest you know, today is just continuing to educate and help people get on the right track with even what exists now. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because we see we see so many people still running into issues using the wrong technology, or right. you know, running into projects that they're still out there measuring multiple story buildings by hand, yeah. um, and they have big budgets for it. And we're like, right. man, you know, you could do that like half the budget of what right. you're doing by hand. You could do it by scanning it, or mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we're I'm still really excited about just continuing to educate and push the existing technology. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of areas that. Um, are going to get more advanced though. I think mm-hmm. uh, photogrammetry is going to be one. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of push for taking uh, panoramic images and and mm-hmm. mapping that out into a data set. Right. Um, improving the speed. You know, laser scanning mm-hmm. is. I still love terrestrial laser scanning. Like that is mm-hmm. my that is my favorite thing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the point clouds you can see absolutely everything. It's colorized, right. um, but you know, there's a lot of uh, focus on trying to make that faster. There's the mobile units that are out there mm-hmm. that uh, for most of our application, I don't think they're quite dense enough yet or accurate mm-hmm. enough yet. Um, you know, we come from a land surveying background and we mm-hmm. understand that, you know, when you have a project that really needs accuracy, you got to be able to control that down and, and verify that from one end right. of the project to the other, you don't have mm-hmm. feet of difference. Um, yeah. You know, so I think there's a lot of improvement to be made, even in the existing technologies, uh, mm-hmm. just from the speed. The data size is the one thing that we mm-hmm. hear from every single yeah. person we talk to is mm-hmm. how in the world are people dealing with terabytes of laser scan right. data? Um, yeah. You know, how do you split that up? How do you get it to different offices? How do mm-hmm. you share it? Um, mm-hmm. So I think that 
I think the thing that I'm most interested in and see happening is just improvement on the existing technology. Um, you know, the next thing after that, I think is integrating, you know, you see robotics that right. are carrying around scanners through a job mm -hmm. site. You know, the mm -hmm. idea that on a construction job, after everybody goes home, a robot could come out and scan the floor and give yeah. you an updated data set the next mm -hmm. morning. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of things like that are honestly not too far away. Um, yeah. There's still challenges that exist with it, similar to self-driving cars. You know, right. can they drive themselves? Yes, but what happens if you trust it and something fails? Right. You know, uh, it's kind yeah. of the same with robots yeah. and scanners. It's like, honestly, the technology is almost there. I have a vacuum that goes through right. my house and it vacuums the whole house. It maps itself. It knows my floor plan. It knows right. if I say don't go in this room or this room. And then it goes back and charges itself. Like. Mm -hmm. the, the technology I think is there, but within construction and within the environments, there's still so right. many challenges to address. Um, and safety is of course, one sure. of the biggest um, focuses mm -hmm. for every industry. So if mm -hmm. it's if the technology is less safe, even though it improves speed, it's still mm -hmm. not gonna get adopted. Right. Um, so I think, I think as people find ways to improve the safety uh, aspect. I think mm -hmm. the robotics are going to become uh, definitely something that's more utilized. Mm -hmm. yeah, that'd be great. So, as much as I love the future, yeah. <laughs> I am still I am still excited about some of the basics of just right. laser scanning and getting that to be on every single construction project everywhere yeah. in one mm -hmm. way or another. Um, right. So that's uh, that's still our, our focus is that, and then making sure people know how to utilize the data, when right. to utilize certain processes, mm -hmm. how can use the point cloud, when do you need mm -hmm. to build out a full model? Um, mm -hmm. Because there are challenges in every single step. Oh, yeah. um, so that's uh, yep, that's where that's where we're at. Awesome, I love it. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you jumping on with us today. Again, sure. I I will. Uh, I look forward to sending your links out and we'll make sure people get to uh, take a look at your book. Um, cool. I think the background you have and and continuing to help educate teams um, mm -hmm. is awesome. So we will also be sure um, as we're working with different companies that are looking for help mm -hmm. and struggling that we'll, uh, we'll pull you in. Awesome. I'd appreciate that. Definitely. And, you know, I'm always uh, a fan of, uh, of scanning and, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me on some of the newer projects and they were skeptical and I was like, no way here, here are 15 reasons why we should be doing this at some level. Like you yep. said, find the right level for the project yeah, and at the right time. And, uh, and because the, the, the data that can come out of this is, is not only beneficial on the design side, but also the implementation side. So it's, yeah. it spans through the whole project. You're not just buying something uh, that's only used once and then just, yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I really like, uh, even again, about scanning specifically is mm -hmm. just that not only does it replace something that already has to be done, right. you know, you already you need the as built before you start a project. Right. You, you have mm -hmm. to have that anyways. But mm -hmm. not only do you get an accurate as built, you get imagery, you get right. material you can use for marketing, you mm -hmm. get material you can use for a safety plan, you exactly. get, you know, mm -hmm. uh, coming from traditional survey, you're like, mm -hmm. well, you used to topo things with taking individual little yeah. points. Mm -hmm. 
with scanning, there is no, I forgot to shoot the corner of the sidewalk. Like right. you, when you scan, you get so much incidental data, even if it wasn't the focus. Um, exactly. So that, yeah, I mean, scanning still excites me because I think there's so much data people get out of it. And uh, you know, one of the hardest things is people are hesitant to change. Yeah, exactly. they're, hes they're hesitant to trying something new. Um, mm -hmm. Something we've heard over the years is like uh, people that don't yet use scanning, they don't mm. use it because they think it's going to be really expensive or really hard mm. to use. But when mm. you when you break down and look at ROIs and you look at the mm -hmm. difference between how do we do it now, right? And how you know how would we do it if we scanned it? Mm -hmm. Well, you know you'll be in the in the field for three weeks by hand or for mm -hmm. four days by scanning. Right. So even exactly. if it's you know even if it costs a little bit more per day. You're getting that faster. And then mm -hmm. even like you talked about on some of your past experiences, the purpose in the scan was maybe even risk mitigation. Right. What's what's the risk cost if we don't do it and something, mm -hmm. whatever it is, whether we hit something or something's designed wrong or something's mm -hmm. fabricated and it doesn't fit and now we have to send right. it back. And now yeah. there's, a, there's so many, even in the risk factor mm -hmm. side, mm -hmm. um, I think, man, scanning is a no brainer for so many projects. I think continuing to, just educate. That's why we're excited about doing this. It's, you know, awesome. spreading the education, trying to help people understand different industries, how it can mm -hmm. be used, why it should be used and when not to use it. You know, mm -hmm. um, sure. there, there are times that you don't want to use certain technologies. Right. Um, so we're just excited to continue to help people, uh, however we can. Awesome. I appreciate it. This is great. Thank you. Well, thanks again for joining us and, uh, we will talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Reality Capture Network, bringing the future to you.